when I train, I'm more aware of how I treat my body and it is a temple. Um, and I kind of aware more of the outcome of the training. Does that training bring glory to God and will it lift each other up? And when I say the outcome to the training, getting ready for a show, meaning when I get to that show and I get on stage, am I presenting myself in a way that's, that's godly? Am I presenting myself in a way as the things that I pose to? Um, the, how I treat the other competitors, how I, you know, everything about it, it, it makes me more purposeful. Hey everybody, this is truly a life-changing episode. We had the honor of interviewing Terry Reeves on this episode, who's a WNBF professional bodybuilder, judge, show host, and trainer. And the topic that we discussed was spiritual health and physical health and how they're both connected. Terry challenges people to tap into their inner greatness so that they can accomplish extraordinary results and a sense of belonging to make their impact in the world. Like me, Terry describes herself as a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> we both remind ourselves to ready, fire, aim. That's a Todd Durkin quote. Terry believes that mindset and fitness should go hand in hand and that optimal wellness is directly relative to balance in the body, mind, and spirit. And to put this in our own words, Taylor and I define this as supersetting your life. If you're in California, mark your calendar for Terry's show, Natural Bodybuilding in the Central Valley, promoted by her company, Body Temple Fitness, which is scheduled to take place on August 21st, 2021. And that's God willing, if social distance regulations allow. Whether you are a competitor or would like to watch the show, the information can be found at naturalcentralvalleymuscle.org. We will put links to these in the show notes. To experience more of Terry's messages around movement, mindset, and motivation, please visit terry-reeves.mykajabi.com. Her homepage, you will be given the option to sign up for her free fat loss guide. Terry can also be found on Instagram, and we will put a link to her profile in the show notes. All right, we're going to start playing the interview now. And while this is not a political episode, we are going to be touching a little bit on the presidential inauguration and the importance of being spiritually rooted, no matter who your president is, whether you voted for him, whether you didn't, it doesn't matter near as much as what's happening inside your own head. Here's Terry. I think in the last maybe a year or so, I've become a little bit more bolder with my faith and not my faith, but just um, what God wants me to, to say. We, you know, I, I shouldn't be silent with what is true, you know, what right. truth is. Yeah. So these things just come up, like whether, like I said, overnight, I think about it and I just come up with something. I always try to find a verse to go with everything that, that I'm going to say, because I don't want controversy of you don't know what you're talking about. Not that everything I say is, is right or correct, but I try to go, like you say, authentic and come from the heart. And if it comes from the heart and it comes out of love, then I'm trying to get it right from the word, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So um, yesterday's post was a, like a compliment, a, a of things, just things that just went on, not just yesterday, but over maybe the last few days, the last week or so. Yeah. You know, coming up into the time when yesterday was the transfer of power from one 
uh, president or one administration to another. And so it made me think, uh, we're actually doing, um, me and Katie and a couple other people are actually doing um, the uh, chronological, I can't never say that word, through the Bible, chronologically, through the Bible. And um, just brought a thought to my mind saying, God's administration never changes. Mm. And that's where we should be focused at. You know, all this division is coming up now is, it's uh, this administration, this party, uh, this wing, that wing. When, if we divide ourselves to that, where do we, where we, we loosen what's important. God made governments and he allowed things to, to happen. Not that he chose that, but he allowed it. And right. when he allows something, it's going to, nothing returns to him void. So he's going to use whatever that is, is going on now. And he'll use it to his glory. So that's how I came up with that. Just saying that we need to go back to to God being God first, which that's on our dollar bill in God we trust, right? Yeah. And so um, that's where that came from. Wow. So I have an edit list here. And every time that something is said that I'm like, oh, we should edit that out. That's what this, um, this that's what, that's what this clipboard is for and Taylor just grabbed it and she started writing down notes of the things that you're saying right now. <laughs> we don't even we don't even usually take notes when we when we have guests on the show. But that was good though. God's administration never changes. Oh I yeah. know, you know, no matter what side of the spectrum where you're on with you're nervous about the new administration or you're excited. It's like it doesn't matter who's in office because for us, you know, Jesus will always be our king. No matter who's our president, he is always our king. And so right. I like that God's administration never changes. That was really good. Yeah. When they use that for sure. Yeah, that, that was beautiful. And it, it, it never changes because he, the, the kingdom of God is a lot of, one of my favorite theologians says that the kingdom of God is already and not yet. So it's, it's here because it reigns in our hearts, but there's also going to be a future, uh, much more glorious, much more literal and physical reign of Jesus too. So um, right. uh, both of those, yeah, the, the administration never changes. So that's um, that's, a, that's a very good point. <laughs> and encouraging and just hopeful too, because we've just found that we can never put our hope in a human who's trying to lead this country because humans are you know, yeah, they're limited. And, and they're sinners. And you know what? That you can't put your hope in somebody like that. And exactly. it has to be in God. So mm-hmm. exactly. Hey friends, we mentioned Katie Wayman White a couple times on this episode, and if you don't know who she is, she is a professional bodybuilder and coach and judge, and she has had a very, very large impact on my competitions over the years, most specifically with my posing, but also with overall health and everything in regards to the sport. And then I didn't realize that uh, you and Katie are both reading together every day. You're going through chronologically. So what does that look like? Are you starting with Genesis, obviously, and going through every book just straight through? Because the the Um, six books aren't in chronological order. No, they're not. So um, what we, I, um, this has been on my heart to do. And I think I wrote a post about that too for uh, some time now. However, I feel, you ever feel like, right now is when we almost going back to my word of the year is cultivate. Mm-hmm. But um, 
the I've been feeling lately that I have and I should be teaching because that's what I enjoy doing um, and, and not training, not personal training, not saying I don't want to coach because I, I feel coaching and personal training are two different things in my opinion. Um, yeah. So yeah. my, I feel my calling is to teach and to teach um, truth. And that could be not, of course the Bible, but there's other things in life that's gonna come back to the truth here. And so um, doing this, I called a couple of people and I said, hey, this is what I wanna do. Would you like to join me? Because for one, we're gonna go through the Bible and then two, it's gonna help me cultivate my, my, uh, my teaching skills, if that makes sense. Right. So I called a couple people and I said, let's do this. Let's go through the Bible. It's a, it's just go on the um, Bible app and put chronological Bible plan. And so I came up with one. I think it's, I forgot which one it is, but I can send it to you if you want. And it goes from like, it starts at Genesis, of course, but then the next, before you finish, before you, as soon as you get past the creation, which is Genesis one through 11, it goes straight to Job. So we went through the whole oh, book yeah. of Job, which was probably the best book to go through at this time. That book, and I studied, usually doing this, I don't study, I just read. I think you asked a question about that. I just mm -hmm. read it. Um, and then, of course, get my, my thoughts from whatever scripture I was reading and kept notes. But then doing, doing Job, because it was go so much relevant to today, I did a, do a little bit studying, like word searches and things like that, and all yeah. that. How is the yeah. book? That, that, that's that's an intense book. It's a powerful book. Uh, yeah, and it's a very ancient book too. Most people don't realize that it's that that it's one of the oldest books in the in the Bible. Um, yeah, you said yeah. that it's very relevant to today. How is the story of Job relevant to today? I'm glad you said that <laughs> because <laughs> I thought when I read the book, I'm like, oh, it's all about just losing everything just losing everything and doomed and Job, but it wasn't, it was about the sovereignty of God of how he let, cause we started reading that book and like God did not say a word into chapter 38. So we went through one to 38 and it was just, it was just conversation between Job and his friends and Job, you know, first um, Job losing everything. But first when, when I read it, I'm like, God allowed people to witness how Job responded to his loss. And I know when I read it before, I never really looked at it like that. But all these things that he lost, these people that came to certain select people that God chose to tell him, Job, you just lost this. I just saw that you just lost this. You just lost all your kids. And God allowed these people to see how Job reacted to that loss. Job lost everything. And he just said, I came naked to this world and this world, that's how I'm going to leave. Blessed be the Lord. And that's how he responded. So God, that's God's goodness right there to, to Job because he's able to still remain that integrity and faith. And then to the goodness of these guys that, that witness him saying, well, witness him still being faithful after he lost everything. So, you know, that's, it, it's, it's the story behind the story. So if we look at it, like most of us look and say, man, that's just a book of just gloom and doom, but actually it's not, you know? And then God starts talking and reminds him 
Like, who was here? Where were you when I did this? Where were you when, when I didn't do this? And who made this animal, Leviathan or whatever animal that, that has all this powerful strength that no one can tame, but I can. You know, and then at the end, Job was like, I've, I've heard about you, but now I have seen you with my eyes. And then not that because of that, that someone will get everything back, but everything was restored to him. And we look at it as re restoration of stuff, but his restoration was of his peace and his friendship with God. So when you look at that book, it's more of a, just the, the sovereignty and the grace and the mercy of God. That's how I, I looked at it. Yeah, that's how, it, when, whenever a passage doesn't make sense, if you bring God into it or God's power into it, or if you put Jesus in the middle of it, that usually ties everything together and makes it all make sense. Yeah. Oh. Wow, that was, that was really powerful. Uh, the, the, book, the book of Job is also something that I found pretty entertaining when, when I read it for the first time. There's a mention of a dinosaur or right. a, a couple Leviathan. of them. Yeah, yeah, Leviathan and the behemoth. And the, yeah. and the behemoth is described as having a tail like a cedar tree. And this, and, and if you believe in six um, literal days of creation, which we do because that's what's, that's what's said, mm -hmm. is that, that would imply that there had to have been some point where there are dinosaurs and humans uh, cohabitating together. And so, <laughs> Uh, before they're extinct that makes sense that you say that chronologically it fits um right around after genesis chapter 11 because that book mm -hmm. broken up into two halves you got chapters 1 through 11 and then 12 through 50 with the patriarchs right, right after but mm -hmm. the the behemoth though it is funny to see what scholars will say in this in the study notes about what that is they're like oh it, it could be a cow it could be a, and, I'm, and i'm like tail like a cedar tree like that's Mm -hmm. of any cow <laughs> of any cows that have a tail that size you know or like hippopotamus is what some scholars say or an elephant yeah. i'm like that's a that, that that's a sauropod that's a brachiosaurus or some some sort of um some yeah. sort of strange mutant cow or something but uh yeah <laughs> yeah i kind of looked up pictures you know see what they look like and it just looks like some kind of beast coming out the ocean and uh, something weird that, but the, the main thing is, is something so strong that no man can tame the thing. And right. no matter who, because I'm thinking, I'm like, God made people that could tame lions, and He has people that have gifts that could tame a uh, uh, whatever, a bear, a grizzly bear. It's people that could do that. But this thing is like nothing, no one can, can tame it. But so that's just the sovereignty and the strength of God right there. Cool. Well, and, th and this is such a blessing to have this kind of conversation because uh, we, we've never really talked about um, about our faith this way with you before. And um, just to, to to recap on um, on September 8th, 2018, you pointed out how much fuller I looked in Auburn at the NANBF. We're kind of transitioning to bodybuilding right now. I wanted to um, touch on a couple things here, but at the uh, NANBF Washington State Olympic Natural. Um, a week earlier in your show in Fresno, I was uh, described as being pretty flat and much more full coming into this show. So 
Um, the last show that you judged me at was at the IMBF Northwest Royal Natural Bodybuilding Championship in Kirkland, Washington. And that was on August 25th, 2019. And uh, you pointed out that I had lost a lot of muscle at the expense of conditioning. So mm -hmm. both of these were a result of undernourishing and overtraining, which a lot of competitors fall into. <laughs> Um, and my body, despite my coach's instruction to eat more often and more frequently, um, my wife encouraged me to listen to your, to your advice, which was the same as my coach's advice. <laughs> and well, hold on, let me interject here okay. <laughs> because I remember you came to me and you're like, Terry talked to me and she said that I looked like I'd lost a lot of muscle and like, she came to Alfred saying, what is going on with him or something like that. And like a few days later, we like we that was your last show for the season. Like we that was like, okay, this is it. Like we have a baby coming in a month. Like we need to focus on that. Mm -hmm. and, um, then Alfred brought up going to Edmonton. And I was, and you were worried to bring it up to me because you just didn't think I'd want to, you know, do one more show. I, I was flat out burned out. Yeah. I, I was. I was like, I can't do another show. Yeah. And, ta and Taylor was, and, and, uh, and I was like, Taylor's not going to want me to do one either. Like, this, it's a, it's a, it's a team effort, you know, and she's part of the, she's part of my team. <laughs> well, and I just, you know, had seen the burnout, but this was also, um, going against Alfred's advice here. You working out every day, not taking one day off. Yeah. And I told you, I was like, if you do this Edmonton show, you have to listen to Alfred a hundred percent and you have to listen to like what Terry said about overtraining and mm -hmm. you did. And you showed up, I think in my, in my opinion, you looked better at that next show, but yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So I had to reverse diet into the WNBF Edmonton in November of 2019, which was the best physique that I had brought to the stage at that time. So it's a good thing that I listened to you guys. Those, the, yeah. all, all three of you were telling me this and uh, so for, from this, I'm, I'm grateful for having benefited from that advice because it attributed to me being healthier and more competitive ultimately. Um, mm -hmm. If you found this to be typical among athletes that you've judged and coached in your experience of bodybuilding. Overtraining? Yeah, overtraining nope. over, over and um, sacrificing muscle and even health at the expense of conditioning. Um. I'm not going to say typical, but it happens. And sometimes it happens because people get on a, you know, you, you're excited and you're ready to go. And it's like, I could do this. And you, you think, you know, your body and you have a coach. And sometimes you don't do what the coach says because like, oh, I know myself, I could do this, or I'll add this little bit in, or I'll take this little bit out. And so things, um, if you don't follow a coach and they think you are and they keep either giving you something or taking something away, it, it kind of defeats the purpose, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So I'm in coaching. What I think with, with that part, what I see mostly are coaches that don't take time to know the athlete and know their metabolism and know their lifestyle, but they coach through science which science is good. However, the first thing that needs to happen is to know the individual, to know what the individual's lifestyle is and know what the individual's, uh, you know, what's not saying you have to tell them everything, but you know a little bit about your lifestyle. So you know how to create a plan that is going to be 
something that you could stick with and that you could do follow without detrimental something to your health. Does that yeah. make sense? Big time. I've had to learn that a lot from you and from Alfred. You, your guys' whole community is so good with this. And yeah. It's easy for me when I'm looking at my Excel spreadsheet. I'm, I'm old school. I know everybody else uses apps, but I use Excel spreadsheets to write workout programs for my clients. And it's easy to get stuck on the paper and go, okay, they can hit this muscle here, this muscle here, this muscle here, and to write a program, but then to think, okay, how long can they do this before they get burned out? And is this going to fit in with everything outside the gym that makes them who they are? And that, and that is something that um, has been really special to us about the INBF, uh, NANBF, whatever you want to call it, um, organization, family. I mean, all you guys, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a big family. And uh, mm -hmm. what I love about all of you. Yeah. Yeah. So flying. Yeah. Flying to Fresno to compete on uh, September 1st, 2018 at your show, which was the NANBF Natural Central Valley. That was a wonderful experience for both my wife and I, as well as our son. He was there. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Thank you. Yelling at me. <laughs> so, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, your passion for the sport and your heart for the athletes is clearly evident in the appreciation that you have for the athletes and the encouragement and honest feedback and genuine care in orchestrating the events. Um, what inspired you to begin hosting bodybuilding competitions? Hmm. Yeah, well, that's, a, I think, a progression of things leading up to that. Of course, first, I was a competitor. I started competing in 1997, and then soon after that, I started judging. So I think my first judging experience was with uh, the, I don't know what they were called at the time, but with Bob and Tina, Bob Bell and Tina Smith. They started their first show in, the, I think it was July of 1999. I think that was the first one. So he, that was my first, he, I'm sorry? I'm sorry, did he have really long hair back then too? Did I have long hair? No, did he have long hair? Oh yeah, yeah. Bob's hair has been the same ever since I've known him. And I <laughs> met them back in 1997 when I first started competing, or 98 maybe. So yeah, um, his hair and Tina's hair, they've been the same ever since. <laughs> I've known him. But, but yeah, so I started judging at that time and competing. So I'm competing and judging from 1997 or 1998 on. And, uh, I was coerced by Bob Bell and Tina Smith, actually. No, I'm just kidding there. But they did say, you know, why aren't you promoting a show? It's been 10 years, you know, 10 years of, of judging and in competing before I started to um, promote a show. But I started because I, in the, the like you say, the organization has so much that was in common with my core values. And then not like a other organization, not saying that those are bad, but treating the, the competitors as people, not numbers. And I like that. And yeah. I want to be involved in doing that myself, giving them a platform to, to, to know and to display their why. And I mean by what's their why is people come to the stage with so many different uh, reasons. You know, somebody's reason might just be they want to achieve a goal. You know, they got up there because they wanted to achieve something. Um, like myself, I wanted to see what my body was capable of. Because um, I had people in the gym say, do you compete? No, I've never been to a show. Hey, you should try it, blah, blah, blah. So I tried it. 
Um, so it's so many different scenarios to get you on stage, but I wanted to, to just put that platform there to, to help people to get up there and display their why and to have others celebrate with them. Yeah. You know, give the audience to do that. So that was my why. That's why I started doing that. Um, and that's why I continue to do it now. That's beautiful. Um, but were you say well, I was just wondering when you started coaching and, um, you know, helping people prep for their own competitions, was that like started competing after you started promoting a show? Um, well, like I, said, I started competing first. I was not a trainer at the time. I didn't coach anybody. I just, I actually hired a coach myself. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I started competing. Then I started judging. Now, when we talk about training competitors, I never really, that's not my thing. I don't really train competitors. Not saying I haven't, but that's not the majority uh -huh. of my clientele aren't people that compete. Yeah. Unless it's something that's, uh, I train most people that's coming from an injury or mm -hmm. something more uh, specific, like, hey, I, I like squats. I've been having trouble with my squatting mechanics. So that's what I coach them on. Mm -hmm. Or um, just better movement. Most of my coaching is just for better, um, healthy lifestyle and better movement. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we all, we all have our we all have our niche. That's really cool. Yeah. You're where, um, where, where yours is too. And there's I mean that that's where people need you know, that's where that's where people seem to need more coaching is usually in areas like that. Um, right. What aspect of the sport do you personally enjoy most? Competing, judging, coaching, hosting, all of the above. All of the above. <laughs> They kind of had this little, like when I said, it kind of progression to things. I started competing because I, somebody said, try it. And so I tried it and I liked it. I started liking the process, the, the getting ready for the show, the depletion of stuff, the everything. I liked the whole thing because it had, it was like a goal and it had me structured on something, which I like structure on that kind of thing and discipline. It showed me discipline. And when I have discipline in one place, that's going to carry over the discipline in something else. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to help do with my clients now. I'm like, you have discipline at something. It might not be the eating and the training, but what is it that you're really good at that, that you will, that you excel in? And so they tell me, I said, let's try to take that same discipline and just try to carry it over to the training and the eating part. So, yeah. um, that's how I kind of look at that kind of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Your your website, the picture of you on the on, on the front of it, I almost didn't recognize you because I've never seen you on stage before. I've seen I've seen you in a um, I think every, every time you have a very nice dress, and I've never uh -huh. I've never seen you flex. <laughs> so I'm looking at your 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 website and and this picture of you on your homepage, and both Tara and I are just like, wow, that's Terry. Yeah. Um, that's amazing it, yeah it I think what, what strikes me the most about it is it 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 doesn't um it when when people get ready for a competition um they can get so big that they're massive and scary they can get so depleted that they just look starved and they look unhealthy but mm -hmm. the look on your face looks like I mean 
clearly it took a lot of work and a lot of grinding to get to that low body fat percentage, which is not sustainable to live year round. We all know that, but look on your face just seems, it, it, it looks like somebody that's accomplished, fulfilled, happy and healthy more than somebody that just accomplished something. So I hope that I explained that correctly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, but, it, uh, well, I try to train a way that that's not going to kill me. You know, it's hard. You know, you get to the end of your prep and you're like, I'm tired. I'm ready to eat a hamburger and some French fries. Yes. However, I try to, to do things where something's sustainable. <laughs> where I'm going to be able to get up tomorrow and do what I have to do for the day and still be able to get on stage. So um, it's just, and that's when we talk about coaching again, you want the kind of coach or be able to know that you still have a life. You still have to do things. So your, your, your regimen to get ready for the show needs to be something that you're able to still live your life and still get to the physique or or the look or the feel that you that you trying to get to so yeah i worked with good coaches too so that was help <laughs> that was helpful yeah was this picture taken when you were a pro or was this before you became a wnbf pro which one is that is it uh, it's a front on my poster that's on the poster it's on the home page of your website oh yeah that's the same one that's on my poster that was a i was a pro at the time that was in that show was in 2011, I think, in Kansas City at the International. Cool. That was cool. pink suit on, I think. Yeah, I that was a, the nice International. Pink. Yeah, yep. That's that was the International IF, wow. was IFPA at the time. Yeah. Wow, it looks like a it looks like a classic physique pose. Like if you were just to take like a silhouette of it, the. You, you got you got the lats, you got the narrow waist, um, the quad development. You have your you have your legs angled in a way that shows the the, the quad proportions. Um, the there's separation between the front deltoids and the and the biceps. I mean, no, wow, that was a that was a good that's a good pose. <laughs> Thank you. Nailed that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Um, so back to your brand again and your message that you're, that you're sharing. Um, you're, uh, so faith in God seems to be a common theme in the bodybuilding community that we're a part of. Uh, we're curious, have you found your faith to make you a better athlete? Hmm. I, would, I can't say it would make me a better athlete, but I said it makes me a more purple, purposeful athlete. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Meaning that when I train, I'm more aware of how I treat my body and it is a temple. Um, and I kind of aware more of the outcome of the training. Does that training bring glory to God and will it lift each other up? And when I say the outcome to the training, getting ready for a show, meaning when I get to that show and I get on stage, am I presenting myself in a way that's, that's godly? Am I presenting myself in a way as the things that I pose to? Um, the, how I treat the other competitors, how I, you know, everything about it, it, it makes me more purposeful. So mm -hmm. I don't say a better athlete, like is more purposeful of what, what the outcome is from what I'm doing. Just and I think, oh, sorry. I think I heard this from someone before, so I kind of adopted it for myself. Does it help to be a betterment of people and does it give the glory to God? Does it glorify God? 
So in everything that I do, whether it's training, whatever, I not saying that we are human, so we're going to falter sometimes. Mm-hmm. However, you have been the forefront is like, is it for the betterment of people? And does it glorify God and in everything that you do or say in your conversations, what you watch, um, what you eat, um, how you train, um, how do you dress when you train, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of look at that when you talk about my faith and in, in my training mm-hmm. or competing. Yeah, we just read um, a couple of the of Paul's epistles or epistles, however you pronounce it. Um, Colossians, First Timothy, and Titus, and what you're describing sounds like Paul talking to Timothy or talking to somebody that's a representative of the Christian faith and being a steward of the gifts that you're given and mm-hmm. talents that you have. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. You funny you say that because I actually wrote this just today I was it today or yesterday I wrote this scripture down and I don't even know why it just came and I'm like why did I think of that I mean why did that come to my mind so what you just said I'm talking about our gifts and things like that so in first Peter 410 first Peter 410 I wrote that down as I like, as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of God God's very grace whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory, dominion forever and ever. So that's 1 Peter 4.10. And just when I was thinking, when you asked me that question there, that verse just kind of it came to my mind. So I wrote it down. That's a good verse. That's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. So amped that we're having this conversation. Like I said, like we've never got, we've never had the opportunity to talk on these subjects before. So uh, we've been, we've been looking forward to this for quite some time. (laughs) So have you, so um, have you found the sport of bodybuilding to enhance your faith in any way, the opposite around, like, is it like a tangible way for you you to be able to apply it? Uh, I guess personally, when, when when Mm -hmm. I'm trained, and I, and I, and I leave the gym or when I look at my, uh, like my sword that I got, um, that, that was a trophy from, from, from your guys' show that, that was, that was, a quite a challenge bringing that back on the plane, <laughs> um, had some explaining to do, but, um, it's bodybuilding is just so tangible. It's like you do something and you get a result. It's very, very measurable. And, it, and w- when you're tracking your weights and you're in bulking mode, you, your, your, your body gets bigger and you develop muscles in the places, hopefully that you are intending to build muscle. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, so faith can be um, seen as and perceived as being a lot more ambiguous than something that's so literal and tangible as bodybuilding. Um, so I'm wondering if you find the sport and your weight training in general to um, be a, a stepping stone for you to be able to um, grow more in your faith. Hope that makes sense. Exactly. I'm that. I'm glad you asked that question because I, in my Bible study, sometimes I um, facilitate a study, and every now and then I like to have analogies for everything. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm not, like it's not, it's not a parable, I'll say. But um, 
God speaks to us through everything, and He speaks to us, speaks to us during times when He could get at really our attention. And while training, this was one time I was getting ready for a show, and I was at the tail end of the prep. So you know how you could feel sometimes at the tail end of a prep, you know. Yeah. But I actually get stronger. It seems like when I'm close to when I'm leaner, probably because it's you look in the mirror and you could see everything. So I'm like, oh, you know, you you're you you flexing while you're lifting so i'm squatting i'm about 112 pounds this was probably one of my last shows maybe in in um well that wasn't my last one but in kansas city was for that show and i'm squatting and i think i was squatting like 225 pounds and at that time i weighed about 112. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. And so I'm squatting and I get down into this squat with all this weight on me and I pushed it back up. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Why, why am I like killing myself right now with all this weight? And God said, see, when you're going through trials and, and heartache and things that you asking yourself, why? Why you're doing this because you know you're doing this squat for 225 pounds right now for five reps or whatever because you know the outcome. You know that your legs are gonna look good. You know that the outcome is gonna be stronger and you're gonna have more separation. You're gonna have more size. You're gonna have more of this at the end of that pain of you squatting at 225. Just as the same as when you're going through a trial that I'm gonna I'm with you doing this that you're gonna come out stronger. You're gonna have striated muscles, not muscles per um, tissue, but muscles to, to, to make your faith stronger. And that's why we go through things and you keep on going because you know the outcome there. So I know the outcome, you're gonna be stronger in your faith. You're gonna be ready when something even heavier comes on you, you'll have more muscle to get back out of it. And so he speaks to me when I'm training. I could be, you know, doing on my way to the gym and I'm like, it's just something that comes up and you ask why. And it's like, okay, I got it. Because he he speaks to you and it's like, we know we do things for our reason, but we question him when he's doing something to us for his reason. Yeah. So he's he, that when we say talking about, does that enhance my faith? Yes, because those things that I go through in the everyday, everyday deal, it nothing goes void. He uses all of that. He speaks to us through everything. So when through that, I'm like, well, why am I doing this? Okay, I know the outcome. He knows the outcome and it's for better. I know that I want to get on stage and look good. I know I want to get on to wherever it is and be stronger. So God is like, I got you. I'm, I'm the, I, and I'm with you always. So just whether it's pain or whether it's good, yeah. I got you. So yeah. It's, uh, of the, oh, sorry. Um, that reminds me of the verse though, Isaiah 43, two. It's um, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Mm -hmm. All of that just reminds me. Of, um, yeah. Verse. Yep. Great. So, that, I was going to say, you need to um, be, be careful about how, how close you are to your microphone. Cause I think it's on fire right now. <laughs> that was a, <laughs> That was, that was a mic drop. That was, that was, that was, that was incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we sin sincerely hope and pray that you do start a podcast because uh, <laughs> I, I, I could I could list I could listen to you know this, this hey I'm gonna this is gonna be um, I mean regard regardless of everybody else that hears it this is gonna be probably my go to 
personal podcast, <laughs> but I need some motivation. Um, when I don't, when I don't feel like training now, that, that was, that was incredible. Yeah. I love how you work. Yeah. Um, do you, do you pray before you compete? I assume that you do. And, uh, if so, um, personally I, I do, and I've always had a moral issue praying before hockey games and praying before whatever sport that I was in at the time, um, pray, praying to win because I always want to win, but I'm like, is it right if I pray to win personally? Because then I'm like praying against the other person. So I'm not sure if you've come across that thought before. Yeah, um, I do. I pray before an event. I pray before um, competing. Actually, I don't know. We did this in Sacramento one year for something. And we for the 20th year anniversary for the um, Sacramento show, and it was four of us that came together for a, um, a women's um, guest posing because it was the 20th year or whatever year it was, 10th year or something. And it was me, Katie, Denise, and Joan. I don't know if you know Joan and Denise, <clears throat> but we did a, a little group guest posing routine. And before it started, I said, let's pray. <laughs> because we don't we've never done this together before and for one and and I don't know why I don't even know how that came up but we did so it's like sure so we all got together and we prayed together the four of us um before we got on stage and what that first time we did that then it kind of came a little habit um it might not have been all four of us but even if it was just me or one other person we did um I don't I never did pray to win. Maybe that's why I never won. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I, I got second place, but I never got the first place. I dog, I should have prayed for that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Maybe that's um, my problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did. We, I pray to just, like I said, that I want to glorify God and what I do on stage. I usually pick the song that's like a gospel or Christian song most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time I did. And it always meant something. It always meant, and I wanted to, to be where, if it's just one person to say, I felt like the, a drawing of, of the Holy Spirit or something, even if they didn't know what it was, you know? And um, yeah, so that that's kind of what I pray for, just that it glorifies God and, that if it's just one person that could get something that it encourages some person in some way. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. Wow. I love it. Um, my brother and I, and uh, Spoon, I don't remember his real, his real name, but um, you know who I'm talking yeah. about. Okay. Um, I, I was, yeah, I was following him on Instagram leading up until our, uh, conversation at the Hollywood Supernatural, which was um, the which, which was uh, midway through my last competing season in 2019, and he had made a post of Isaiah 64:8, and uh, I was watching all of his posts because maybe this isn't a good idea to do, but I like to get an idea of who I'm who I'm up against, and if I can if and if I can find somebody that I know is going to be at the competition that I know is that is that is going to be tough to beat and is going to be somebody that's very competitive um i'll call them every day and watch all their posts and just have enough have an idea of who i'm up against and it gets me mm -hmm. 
the grind week. Um, peak week is not really the hardest week for me because I'm kind of on, um, I'm kind of running on adrenaline at that point, but it's like two weeks out is always the hardest one. And we're just doing all that cardio to get every last bit of fat off that you can. And mm -hmm. anyway, he, he made a post, um, <clears throat> about Isaiah 64, eight. And, uh, I, I like to read King James version when it's something like this. I mean, I don't study King James version personally because I'm not that hardcore and I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I can't understand, mm -hmm. but the, uh, the King James version I find to be very beautiful and poetic the way that the literature is written. Um, but, but it says, but now, O Lord, thou art our father, we are the clay and thou our potter and we are all the work of thy hand. And that one hit me so hard to think that obviously it's talking about something much more bigger and much more impactful and powerful than bodybuilding but it get, but it made me look at bodybuilding my competition at the time of um basically a smaller more tangible analogy of what the ultimate purpose of this verse really is and so yeah when i met spoon i couldn't wait to tell him i was like hey, this is before the competition even started and i was like hey man i was like you made this post and uh, this is something that i prayed every day come, come up to this i was like man like i don't even know you but can we but are, are you are you are you down to pray before this competition starts and he's like yeah and so him and my brother and me all just took a few minutes and uh went around in a circle and uh that, that guy was out of this world he he uh very, very single-handedly beat me at that show and <laughs> he didn't even win that was that was the most competitive show i'd ever been to the, the guy the guy that won the pro card was just a freak he was just yeah, this yeah. world but yeah. um but the, the, the sport is amazing that the people that that do it um man when you get to know these these competitors in the association um it you know we accomplish something a lot more than a trophy and and a tan and some pictures yeah right absolutely hey everybody so the soul and the body are both connected and the health of one will affect the other so it's very very important to give attention to both aspects of your health. And so we're going back to the soul and the spirit side of things right now in this interview. And we asked her for some tangible, practical ways that she goes about developing her spiritual health. Well, my methods actually evolve. So it started out reading, you know, you read the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go back even years. Like before I was, I was even a Christian. I read the Bible. <laughs> I read it. I, I didn't know, you know, what I'm reading, but I would read it. You know, and then, um, you know, you, you become Christian and you still read and you go to sermons or your service and, and you learn and you read, but then now it's a little different. You know, it started out where I just do a highlight, whatever was, important to me or whatever stuck out to me I would get my yellow highlighter <laughs> and I highlight you know what sound good or what was important or what I what I thought was important um, for some aspect which now we know that every piece of the content is relevant um, so I start with I do a soap it's called soap it's a method called the soap method and it's just an acronym for S is for scripture. So you find that scripture, whether it's a, you know, you read the book, but then through that book, God is going to have his, what he wants you to focus on. So whatever scripture that is that I'm going to focus on, I write that down. 
And the O is for observation. So what am I, what did I observe from that text that I just read? Um, write that down, whatever that observation was. And then the A is for uh, application. So how is that going to change my life today? What can I do today for this, what I read and what I observed to make a transformation in me today? It might be one little thing. And then from that application, um, I write a prayer, say a prayer, write a prayer on how, if you don't know how to apply it, ask God to give you wisdom to apply it. And if you do that every single day, just think, like I tell your clients with anything, if you do that every single day, just think it's 365 days in a year, you have 365 opportunities of some kind of transformation. You know, so that's how um, I do that. But then also it's evolving from that. I have, I read this book, her name is Jen Wilkin. Um, Jen Wilkin, she wrote a book on, it's called Women of the Word. And the book is about how to study the Bible with our hearts, with our whole heart and our mind. So that book, she's one on really digging in and reading for purpose and perspective and, and um, I can't remember all of them now, but the P's, it's like five P's, purpose, perspective, um, passion, and something else. So reading that book, it kind of helps you to even dig deeper and go into word studies, like, because a word can mean something different in this part, in this um scripture than it does in something else so learning what that word means in that context and and like I, I think you were doing that a little bit like what's the word mean in Hebrew and yeah. and what does someone's name mean what's the definite what's the the identification of someone's name so just things like that where as you get a little older and, and I don't mean older in age I mean older in your knowledge of the Bible you kind of your study method changes a little bit so yeah, yeah, that's what, what I do now. Great. We're putting that book word of, excuse me, women of the word in the- Women of the word, yeah. It's by yeah. Jen Wilson, yeah. Right. Yeah, Taylor's on Amazon right now and she just bought it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You'll, it just it really helps you. I like Jen Wilkin, did a Bible study for her. I think it was Genesis and she makes you, she doesn't, you know, try not to look at commentary first. Because when you look at commentary first, it takes your mind to someone else's observation. Exactly. And, but read, not saying, because I use commentary, but if I just went straight to a commentary, I'm going to think of someone else's study, you know. But yeah. read it and ask God for wisdom as you read and then look up commentary. And then, you know, do some breaking down of words like, Trans, transforming words like here for, therefore and if and, and if you do this or why or when you do this just things like that and then know who's talking and who are they talking to and all that and then kind of get you know, more of an idea of what are you saying and then if I still don't understand I'm like some things I'm not and then I have to look up a commentary even then some things we're not gonna never know on this side it's all going to might be a mystery, you know, not saying that he hides things, but it's some things that we're just not going to understand on over here. So that's okay. Absolutely. 
Yeah, uh, David Guzik, one of my favorite pastors, says that the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. First time I read Daniel, I was like, I read a dream. And I'm like, oh, what's that dream mean? And I went and looked at all these commentaries and then read the next chapter. I'm like, oh, the angel comes and explains in the dream. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the commentaries I look up is David Guzik. Oh yeah, every time he's, um, I, I, I love his perspective and he's, yeah. he's he, he gives you an idea of like, you know, a lot of scholars believe this, a lot of scholars believe this, here's kind of what my take is on it and then goes to the next verse, very, very expository. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, no formal education, doesn't have, doesn't have a PhD, but you don't need one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't. Awesome. Uh, so do you ever read the Bible for pleasure, like without studying and analyzing every detail like I do? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, you know what, now as you say that now, it's kind of hard when you read something, you, it makes you kind of like, man, I got to know more of this. I can't just, but going through this, um, read the Bible in a year, it's no way I could study the whole year like that. So I find I read it. And I find scripture like a passage that like, man, this one, I need to know more of this, but to read the whole Bible, the, what we're doing now and to study the whole thing right now, it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah. So, um, especially with all the other studying things that I'm, that, that's going on now, it's hard to, you have to find something and say, okay, we're going to study this. But I did do the book of Job and Ruth. Those two books, I just finished the study on those two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but what we're doing now, I'm just kind of reading and taking some observation from it. Still doing the soap thing, but um, yeah. not as a, a big study. That sounds know. very practical, like a very practical and realistic approach because the, the soap method, that's scripture, observation, application, and prayer, that sounds mm-hmm. pretty similar to what, to what we do. Um, you know, it, that's, that's more, that's like a, a deep dive, like, because we're just getting done with uh, Genesis and, you know, books like that and like Daniel and like Revelation. It's like those pretty much require a deep dive. And that's where it's really worth it to do so because there's such pivotal books to where everything else really fits into those. I mean, Genesis has elements of basically every other book in it. It, it, There's cross-references to, I'm pretty sure, like every single book coming back to Genesis in one way or another. Um, but to be able to read for pleasure and resist the temptation to overanalyze every single thing is uh, something I probably overanalyze. No, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's crazy though. When you, I mean, like when, when, when you can, man, the book of Genesis, the book of revelation, the book of not just those, there's, there's a lot of books where, where you can, you can do a deep dive on one or two verses and spend hours there and come across amazing revelate revelations and right. incredible realizations of truth. <laughs> yeah. I have conversations with myself about um, like in Genesis, when Abraham was walking with Isaac to do this sacrifice Isaac, I'm like, what was their conversation like? Like <laughs> you're going to sacrifice your son. I'm sure it couldn't be like, what was it like? Yeah. You know, and it was so much faith where Isaac was like, okay, where's the sacrifice? Oh, well, God's going to supply. Okay. You know, he's like, 
did he just say okay or did he say well what do you you know like ask him questions or like <laughs> and then when he laid down there he tied got down there he could have wrestled him up you know like i'm sure he wasn't a little they said he was a he was young but i think he was old enough where he could have like what are you trying to do could have wrestled his dad up out of that thing <laughs> so you you know but he laid down there and and his dad raised a knife up over him like did he just lay there i'm like asking those kind of questions but yeah those are the kind of things i asked <laughs> yeah <laughs> me too the, the most yeah the most remarkable thing to me about that story too is that I've, I've always looked at it before as god testing abraham but if you read the story in context i'm sure you've noticed this everything leading up to that point god is giving Abraham many many opportunities to grow his faith and um, and and prepared him up until that point and so I think that what that most people look at that and they're like oh Abraham was so faithful well yeah why was he faithful though I think that was God's way of demonstrating how powerful he did Abraham the way that he was able to develop into that man of faith that 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 he was and right child sacrifice was like a popular thing to pagan gods too. And so um, like it seems like a weird, seems like a very strange request to show somebody's faithfulness. But um, mm -hmm. I guess that made, it, it made, it made a statement that he was as faithful to his gods as the pagans were to their gods. Right. And also it's a little bit of a foreshadow of Jesus, how Jesus walked up to the, to the uh, Calgary with his cross and he just sacrificed the father, put him on the, on the cross to die. And he actually killed, I mean, let him be killed. Yeah. So it's just that how Jesus uh, walked himself up, you know, he could have just said, man, wrestled himself. He could have got out of that, but he didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. you're making comments about um, funny things that you think of and questions that you'll ask yourself as you as you read and uh, i can't resist the urge to do that either so personally i re i refuse to do that until i've like studied you know done done an exhaustive study on a passage and understand what the real purpose of it is but then um afterwards i i, I do very much find it entertaining to go back over and go okay now let's look at it from a different lens and just think yeah what yeah. what was it like you know and uh, even even things like as, as as a bodybuilder you know these are some like nerdy speculative topics that i think of from time to time but um you know i can't help but think these that that you might wonder some of these things too and you know this can be kind of controversial among christians but uh do, do you ever think about how we treat our well i'm sure you do because your your brand is body temple fitness aka body as the temple um do you believe that how we treat our physical bodies and our physical temples today will affect our health and the way we look and act and feel in the in, in the in the next life in the new millennium in the new heavens new earth no i think well when we get to the new heavens and the new earth we're going to have new our bodies are going to be transformed more and that by that time it said then you will see oh but well, i can't think of the scripture clearly so we'll have a brand new body which will never rust or decay and okay. even all the bodybuilder we do now we're still gonna have broken bones and we're still gonna have arthritis in our knees and we're still gonna have something 
But when we get there, you know, you're not going to have any of that. If you, if you have poor eyesight now, you're not going to have poor eyesight there. So, and do we need a gym in, in heaven? I don't think so, because we all, we're going to be fully, now, will we have fun and maybe want to wrestle somebody up? I don't know, maybe. But I think that, that the, well, we, I think we're that body that we have now is for us here. And it's for us to, to keep as strong as we can. This body is of little, uh, it's needed, but it's not the, it's not our soul. Temporary, right. Talking about that, it's this movie called Soul on Disney Plus. You have to watch that movie. So, oh, okay. It's on Disney Plus, it's called Soul. I'm so glad that you're giving us a recommendation like this because we're, we're always looking for movies that are helpful on these kind of subjects too but there are some weird movies and some weird perspectives and like some weird cults that you got to be careful of and people that are realizing yeah. saying god told me that trump is going to be the the president in 2021 and i mean like weird stuff like that that obviously didn't come to fulfill be fulfilled as they as they said it was going to and so really careful who we listen to and and who and who and if we're putting our faith in somebody that says that they're a prophet or somebody or or, or the or, or the word that we have the 66 books that have an integrated design that don't contradict each other and they all say and they all preach the same message yeah 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 um, and i know this, this probably isn't the verse you're thinking of but first corinthians uh 2 9 says what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe we'll all look enhanced and enjoy aesthetics that are unattainable with our mortal limitations in these mortal bodies that we'll have someday. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to not having to wear glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Jim's <laughs> yeah. in heaven and working out. Yeah, I, I don't think that um, I, I agree with you. It doesn't make any sense that we would need to work out, but man, for people like you and me that just love doing squats and that just love the gym, I, New Jerusalem is supposed to be, I think I, I didn't like do the measurements and the calculations myself, but apparently it's supposed to be about half the size of the United States. Sounds like plenty of space for some good high quality gyms. <laughs> well, well, I think, but only thing we'll need the squats for and to have strong legs so we can worship God. Thank you again, podcast listeners, for joining us in this episode. If you found this helpful or entertaining or inspiring, we ask if you would please share this podcast and help spread the word. To make sure that you don't miss future weekly episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast, and it would mean the world to us if you would leave a rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening on. We are not set up on Patreon or other services for donations, so this content is our gift to you, and we just ask that if you would like to support the show, we do invite you to our website, supersightylife.com. We've got retail pages for our Skull Bells workout equipment lines, hats, t-shirts, coaching services, and my stand-up comedy booking information. On the website, you'll also find the link to subscribe to our weekly newsletter to be informed of new product announcements, sales, everything that's going on. And finally, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at supersetyourlife.com. One more thing. So we clearly talked quite a bit more extensively about our faith than we have on any other podcast. And 
if you share our faith, then you probably agreed with everything that we said. Maybe not everything, hopefully most things. Um, we hope that we didn't offend anybody that has a different faith than us. But if you are somebody that maybe you don't know where you stand in your faith, or if you have an emptiness in your heart that you think needs to be filled, um, if you don't know who Jesus is, and if you don't know that he gave his life for you and that he died for you and you would like to invite him into your heart and accept the gift that he gave you. Um, I would be honored if you reached out to me. Um, my information is, you know, it's all on my website, supersightlife.com. Um, Terry, I'm sure would be, would, would love to hear from you. Um, we would have nothing to gain from it other than we would just be thrilled that uh, you made that decision, whoever you are listening to this podcast. So just wanted to say that again. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode and uh, God bless.